What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to the fourth episode of Combo's Court and I am Combo. Today's show is being brought to you by Body Armor. Episode four, Sean Green stops by. He reflects on his career in the NBA and overseas. We also discuss obsession in sports, the business of the NBA, Sean's post-career as a triathlete, coming off the bench for Reggie Miller, plus much, much more. You can follow Sean on Instagram at the Sean Green. That's T H E S E A N G R E E N. You can follow me on Instagram at one two combo. That's O N E T W O C O M B O. Let's get into it. <laughs> I, I used to I used to mess with everybody but now I don't fuck with nobody. <laughs> like, get those memes out of here, you know what I mean? I'm just like get out of here. I don't know, yeah, I don't know how that would help you with a team setting. <laughs> it's like whatever. So those are good. Okay. All right. You wanna start it? Yeah, so um Got Sean Green here on his birthday. Yes, yes. Happy birthday. Man, Man my first my first memories of my good friend Sean, um I was just it was actually my first year before I went overseas. I was working out in Chelsea Pierce. Shout out to the sports center at Chelsea Pierce, yes. where Sean still works. Oh my God, yes. It's been like, what, 15 years? You've been working there 15 years. It was like 12 years, and then I took that two-year hiatus and went to LA, and then I came back. And I've been there for two years since I came Got back. you, got you, yeah. Yeah. So when I was first there, I was working out, and uh, so one guy, I forgot who it was, to be honest, came over. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm about to go play overseas. And then he points over at Sean. And he's like, "Oh, Sean played overseas and in the NBA." I'm like, "Sean plays basketball." I just seen him in his uh, working at triathlon yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and he wouldn't even look at a basketball court. Like oh, he God. he wouldn't dribble a basketball. Very serious, and it was all triathlon. How did that come about? So what happened is, it's just like any job. Like um, I retired from basketball at the age of 32, which is still kind of young, especially with. The way you can take care of your body, you can, you know, last longer and longer and longer. So I think if I continued to play, I could have played till I was about 38, 39, right? right? But after the eight years overseas, it was like I was tired of the same old stuff, the slow payments, you know what I mean? Moving into my first year, my first three years overseas. The lights would always get cut off in my apartment. You yeah, know, it was yeah. just stuff like that because they don't. It's just like whoever's supposed to be taking care of that. It's really not that big of a deal, and it's just you know, and it just falls by the wayside. So I would get pissed at stuff like that. I'm like, I'm the only American. It's me and another guy. You know, we're the only two players that would have an apartment. So make sure that the light bill is paid. And then when you see the bill, it's something like thirty five bucks. That wasn't paid, so they got it shut off. So after, you know, eight years of that, I got tired. So I got tired of the game. I lost my love for the game. And then I wasn't seeing my son. You know, I was always in a different country where I didn't speak the language. So I wind up coming back, and then I didn't touch a ball. It's crazy. Yeah, I was like, I need some kind of outlet that's going to be goal-oriented. And I started doing try. And the thing with try is... 
you got three disciplines, swimming, biking, and running. And two of those disciplines, you don't beat your body up. Like, you don't pound. True. You know what I mean? True. So you can really get in really, really great shape. You were pounding your body for all those years. Yeah. It must have been you a great break I mean? from it. Yeah. And the thing is, when I first uh, came back to Chelsea, I was like, I'm going to go and play again. And then, but I was working at the same time. And having to train at the level that I was used to training to get to that level, plus trying to work, I didn't have enough time to do it. Yeah. Because I had to put like four to five hours in strength, sure. skill, pickup, you know, um, flexibility training and everything, rest. And it was just not enough time. That's why these, yeah, like a lot of these kids don't understand how much work you have to put in. They it's a full-time that, job. Yeah, they think that, you know, I asked this one kid, I was just like, um, because I get questions all the time about um, what do I have to do to get a better handle? They think there's a special drill. Like yeah. we, we've got the key to these special drills that, okay, just do this drill and your handle will be tight. When they don't realize it's man hours, just hours and hours and hours and hours. Hours and hours before social yeah. media showed the hours and hours. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. So I asked them, I asked them uh, how many, I was like, you into 2K? And they're like, yo, I love 2K. I was like, <laughs> I was, I was like how, how, how often do you play 2K a day? It's like, like two to three hours. Like, Would you say that you're really good in it? Yeah. I, and then I'll bait them into a conversation. I was like, I bet you I could smack you. You know, I'll take any team. No, I could kill you. I'm so nice on it. I was like, yeah. how long do you play? Like two to three hours. I was like, well, the reason you're really, really good at 2K is because you invest two to three hours of that, you know, a day into 2K. If you want to get really good in hoops, you got to do the same for hoops. I was like, when I grew up, I didn't. I had Atari, but I didn't play it a lot. It Did was, they give you the response where you could tell they're not really listening, but they're acting like they're listening? No, most of them really, <laughs> most of them really, really engage. You know okay. what I mean? And they're like, I understand because the answer is quite simple, right? But it's it's the same. It's been the same answer. Since the 1940s, yeah, you just gotta put a lot of work. In. Well, because all other answers and all other aspects of life are getting quicker, you know. Yes. but that's not getting quicker. That's the same. It's the same, <laughs> yeah. And that's why so little make it because they want it right away, you know. When they and I'm like, I get kids and they're like 12 years old. Yo, I want to have a jumper like you. I'm like, dude, I'm 48. <laughs> I've been shooting since I was 12 years old. This yeah. years and years, I should have a really good jumper by now, right? I was like, if you just continue to work, you know, by the time you get what, midway through high school, you know, your jump is going to be a lot better. Yeah, so that's what it is, you know. But yeah, I was tired of hoops, so I I, I did triathlon for seven years, and I just got tired of that. Yeah, it was just so much training. Well, did you want to do it at a professional level or was it just for fun? Because you put in a lot of time. What's funny is, and I think it was two thousand. Eight or nine, or maybe yeah, two thousand eight. Well, so two thousand. I, I first got to the Pierce in two thousand eight, and you were definitely training. Yeah, two, for I think two thousand eight. I was um, doing tri, but I was also doing duathlon. Ten years ago, crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> right? And um, the thing is, because I was tall, um, my run, and since I was an ex. Uh, basketball player and I was like a short person in the sport of basketball you know being at around right. six five, six, six. right that gave me an advantage over 
the regular 6'5". So were you at a pro level? And then- I was at a national level, yeah. I went to nationals and then won my, uh, my division in nationals. Gotcha. So I was doing duathlon. And the thing is, being tall, you had an advantage with the swim, too. Got you. So, but the thing was, that was the first, that was the first year that I really was super, super serious about it. And I was like sore all the time. So it was like a sore that you feel when you play, when you, we were playing pro. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. So I had to do the recovery and ice and everything like that. Well, you that. get more sore as you get older. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? But it was, yeah, 10 years ago. So, and I still had a lot of speed because I was still kind of young, you know what I mean? So, I still had a lot of speed and everything like that. But then it just got to the point where I knew I needed to give up triathlon when I was going out for like a 60-mile bike ride, ran into a friend that I hadn't seen from college and was like, saw her from far away and was like, man, I don't have time to talk. I got to get to 60 miles. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And just, I was just too obsessed with the training. And that's when I knew I needed to give it up because it became another, like, super obsession. You know I, what I mean? I think every great athlete is somewhat obsessed with their sport. Most of them, at least. Most of them. I think you have to. Yeah. You know, it's just like the competitive nature comes out. And even when I work out now, it's just turn the brain off and I just go through a routine. Where, yeah. You know. Like, my warm-up is, like, 100 shots. And then it gets into the workout. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. it's just, like... My warm-up, when I was playing, my warm-up is, like, the amount of time is my whole workout is now. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, crazy. that's what I try to tell people. It was obsessive. People. It was... Yeah. Um, so, let's take it a few steps back. How does your basketball journey start? And just take us all the way through. Walk us through it. What's funny is, I didn't start playing basketball until I was, like, 12 years old. Wow. Yeah, I yeah I initially was in track and field. Growing up in Queensbridge. Yeah, no, because remember I came from the West Coast, right? I didn't even remember that. Yeah, yeah. I was I was born in uh, Santa Monica in yeah, a hospital in Santa Monica, but grew up in Venice, and I got here at around age nine or ten. Okay, and moved to Harlem, so I went from Santa Monica to Harlem, which was like a big culture shock. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then. So, and it's on St. Nicholas, which is, is Lionel Hampton Houses. Huge buildings, right? Yeah. So it's like 140, 130 St. Nick. And they had a track club, right? So, and it was the 70s. So if you're in Harlem in the 70s and you're black, your parents are making you do martial arts. Really? Oh, my God. It was like... Everybody was doing martial arts. Is that why Bruce Leroy was such a big thing? It was like a huge thing. You know what <laughs> I mean? It was like this. I was like, really? So my pops was well, like, listen, you're going to do martial arts, but you're not going to use it out in the street. I was like, why? Why am I even doing it if I can't, you know, use it to protect myself? I, or whatever, I can't get right? funky, man. So I, was, uh, I did martial arts and I did track and field, which kind of makes you a, a crazy athlete because the martial arts is a lot of flexibility, a lot of discipline, and track and field is nothing but explosion. So we did, I did a 100, uh, 100 meter, 200 meter, 4 by 100 relay, and uh, long jump. Gotcha. So that set the basis for my athleticism. athleticism. Yeah, sure. So I was a really, I was a one foot jumper. So I had to develop my vertical later on in life. You know right. what I mean? Like when I got into high school. But everything off the one one leg. By the time I was 16 years old, I was already 
dunking from the foul line. Yeah, I saw videos of McDonald's game, ridiculous. That was like I was 17 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when people thought of Sean Green, a basketball player growing up, they thought of him as an athlete Straight first? Straight athlete. Like, I got you. In retrospect, now that I talk to a lot of people, people didn't even realize that I could shoot. Yeah, because by the time you got to Iona, you were more of a scorer, right? I was a slasher. I, I I could hit the three, you know what I mean? But I was like really good off the mid-range. Right. But I, I was so much faster and so much more explosive that I could get past people. Gotcha. Because I had a friend, he was like, he kind of threw a little low-key shade at me on one of my videos. Oh, yeah? I was shooting J's and he goes... The shade is huge on Instagram. It's huge, huh? yo. He was like... <laughs> he was like uh, it took you 40 years to develop that. I was like, yo, why are you trying to low-key slant? I was like, it took me 40 years, but I made it to the league, though, right? I was like, I think you're just trying to low-key slander me. No, I'm not. Yo, I remember y'all scrimmaged against us, and all you was doing was dunking on us. I was like, I was doing that because I could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. get the easy two. What's There's, up with the shade on Instagram? I, don't I, don't know. Know. I think it's like, at times, I could find myself... Like if I if I go to somebody else's page and they get they have like mad views and I look at it I'm like what is this why is this getting my I can feel like the hate trying to creep in right right, and then, right. so then but I it's, it's like, sometimes with some of the closest friends that you feel like wait is that, like that is that shade I'm like come on yeah it's always like that I don't know I think it breeds this kind of mentality I always said the online personality it's like you display like your worst traits at times and you just got to keep well think about it. it's easier to be a hater now before you had to type a letter or, you know put a stamp on it now you could just sit at a keyboard and, and it's just way blah, easier blah, blah, blah. yeah well, so, so you mentioned the league and you made it and you once told me which was interesting that people always just want to talk to me about the league it was only three years of my life three years it's like the smallest portion and when i tell people the nba experience for me was the worst basketball experience of my entire life that's crazy people are like what because they see it now and they just see the celebrity and the glamour now but the whole thing is if you spend your whole entire life working and like dreaming about getting to the nba and then you get there and it's a completely different thing on the inside than it is from the outside looking in. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a business. And I didn't understand it when I was in, but then once I got out, I was like, now I understand it, right? It's like, I get there, I get to the Pacers in 91 with like a 24-year-old Reggie Miller who just made the All-Star team maybe a year before. You know what I mean? Yeah. He averaged like 26 the year before. Right. I'm not gonna play. Same position. Yeah, it's not the pace that we're playing at now. If we were playing at the pace now with the possessions, he needs more rest. Right. But when we're walking it up. Throwing it down to the big. He's going off single-double. He could play. He played 44 minutes a game. That's crazy. I would get run when it was a back-to-back when I know he was exhausted, right? So here's another thing which is funny. In practice, I was in the second unit. I used to destroy the first unit. Just yeah. have my way with them, right? And I was like, why aren't I getting any burn? They know I could ball. Do people actually practice hard? Yeah, we practice. It's right? I don't know if it's the same now. But it's shorter. So what happens is in the in the preseason, like in vet camp, you'll do two a days, plus you'll do weights and stuff like that. And it's like two and a half, yeah. three hours. Then you get, you know, because that's all you're trying to do. That's why players would show up to camp out of shape and use the month of camp to get in shape. Right. But uh, during the season, it's like one, an hour and 10 minutes. Like, you got to be warmed up, this and that, and then you go through your shooting, three out, four out, five out, 
and then you just crank it and then it's done and then you walk through whatever you need to walk through gotcha so um what i used to do is uh i would get there early and i would get probably about an hour of Working and then practice. This is preseason, and this goes through the whole this season. You doing this season? You oh, had, okay, wow. You had to do that to stick, keep in shape. And you how many other I mean? guys were with you? Like the guys that weren't playing. Shout out to Kenny Williams, by the way. We actually, me and Sean, yes. had, me and Sean had the same teammate, which is crazy. Kenny. Kenny was towards the end of his career, my first year in Israel, and we played together. Sean played with him on the Pacers. One of the most interesting characters I've ever met. Yeah, <laughs> one of my best. Yeah, he's he's the best. We um yeah, so it was like me, Kenny. Was Kenny Joe, playing? He was playing some. And yeah, what's funny yeah, yeah. was he would get in and he was like an instant double-double. Yeah, crazy, man. Yeah. Even at 39, he was an instant double-double. Yeah, he was crazy. But the whole thing is... So wait, so you and the guys who weren't like starters, I, were you guys all coming early to practice? No, you, oh, okay. had, you probably did your own thing. I got like, you. Like and I, you were there by yourself in the gym where there's a few other guys with you? Yeah, like I would stay, I would stay late got and you. shoot. You know what I mean? And some of the vets would stay and shoot. Like Vern Fleming... Was a really big. Uh, he was a mentor of mine because he, he grew was, up in your area. Yeah, he was yeah. Queensbridge, and he was like my big. You know what I mean? So it's like littles and big. Crazy how you ended up on the same team, on right? the same squad. Yeah, yeah. and um, so, and he used to say stuff like, "If I had your talent, I would, I would make the All Star team every year." And I was like, "What? Well, I'm not getting any burn." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was too Basketball's caught up. Crazy sport. Yes, yeah. and and I got too caught up in worrying about me. But this, what I was talking about is, in retrospect, I look at it like if I have two players, one is making, say, 150K, the other one is making two and a half million a year. I know exactly what you're going at. Yes. I have to, I'm playing this guy that's, I'm paying two and a half million. Of course. That's how it is. If you is. don't play him, you'll get fired as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. And they like, and the GM is like, why am I paying this guy? Because what happened is, I wind up, after two years of that, I went to Philly, and I got the same type of thing. You know what I mean? So that's what, after three years of having to deal with just the political side of the league, then I was like, I'm done. You yeah. know, because I, I wanted to play pro basketball to play it, not to just say, you know, I made it. Like, when people ask me about the situation, I always focus on the work that I put in to get there, like to achieve the accomplishment. That's what you're proud of. That's what I'm yeah, proud yeah, of. Yeah. yeah. And and what's funny is I get trolled about my NBA career like yeah. constantly. You know, by like six and seven. Well graders. people that don't really know basketball <laughs> compares every single basketball player to LeBron and Michael Jordan. Yeah, and all <laughs> and all they do is look at stats. And I'm like, okay, you got fifteen twelve to fifteen we only had twelve roster spots. And it was like, yeah, yeah, you could keep 14 guaranteed Now it's 17 contract. with the two-way. Yeah. It's crazy, right? And Something you, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can keep 14 guaranteed contracts, but then those two have to rotate to, like, injured reserve. Right. And you got to rotate like that. And it was like a seven-game minimum. You know what I mean? So right. they would say ankle twist or thigh contusion puts you on injured reserve, and then they take you off it. Right. So they would do that, right? So, um... And I'm like, yeah, there's 14 people on this team. You think all 14 are going to average 20? They're not. You know what I mean? Some people are going to get a lot of shots. Some people aren't going to get any touches. So overall, I looked at it like I learned a lot from it. You know. And then when I went overseas, it took me two years to 
let go of the NBA to embrace being overseas and not like I should get calls because I just came from the league. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, but once I got overseas and played and then the camaraderie amongst the team and the adulation from the fans and everything like that, I never wanted to come back. Right. And then you get to see the rest of the world. The NBA is like a little bubble. You know what I mean? Everybody's catering to you. Everybody's enabling you. But when you go overseas, it's, it's real. You know? That's true. And even though that like the city embraces you and everything like that, you have to adapt to somebody else's, uh, you know... Culture. Culture and everything. And then you get to really expand your mind and open your mind. So using that, being able to travel, going to Russia, here, going to Barcelona, Devo, it was great. It was a, I never wanted to come back. Yeah. You know?